Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you this morning. Good morning, Dr. <coughs> Paul. How are you this morning? Doing well, doing Thursday, well. Thursday, Thursday. So we'd like to start off with talking about Ukraine. You, mm. you remember about Ukraine. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, a little, a little bit. bit. Well, the Ukrainian intelligence uh, agencies and the people say it's trying to kill Putin. Mm. Ah. And I kept thinking, well, I wonder, wonder who they got the permission from. <laughs> you know, they don't really exist as a force. They're ex they exist as a puppet, uh, a NATO puppet or U.S. puppet. But uh, I, I think that the main reason why we read these stories, this is my guess, is that uh, they want to be one step removed. The United States want to be removed from this yeah. attempt. But it's America, it's, it's our weapons, it's our money, it's our support, it's our NATO, it's our coup, you know, all of this thing. So, but there's a limit, you know, pretty soon Russia's gonna get mad at us. <laughs> and yeah. that, that we can't happen. So uh, Zelensky's willing to take the blame and all the credit for their successes he pretends to have. But this is, uh, this is routine. I think it happens more than once to try to draw this line. But I don't think they're fooling anybody except for a lot of American people who don't pay a whole lot of attention. You know, they, they look at this and, and they don't want to worry about our uh, misinvolvement in this area. But uh, our goal is to try to explain, you know, what's going on, why this is happening. And I, I just think that what, what we're seeing now is a lot of activity out of desperation because I think the, the Ukrainians are starting to realize they're not on the verge of victory and all the fibbing and, and lying is going on. So they have to look tough. And this is one of the reasons why, uh, you know, it looks like Biden had to switch his tune on the F-16s and, yeah. you know, to distract from what, what's really going on. So um, it doesn't mean that because uh, the Ukrainians are, uh, you, you know, getting tired of all this and their their allies are getting tired of it. It's probably going to last for a while long. I want to mention later on why, <laughs> do you know what we're doing in Iraq? You know, we, it seems like we, we never give up. So uh, as long as we can have uh, control in the open or the control in the closed shop that's what's going to happen but 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 any, anyway this this whole thing is uh you know just the announcement and and, and you know you, do you think this is going to move a step or an inch toward maybe sitting down and having a talk before we drop the next one or drop a big one no, I, I don't think it's going to serve that purpose, but that's what we really should be looking for. Just just an opening, which was turned down a few years ago when uh, the uh, uh, the Ukrainians were willing to. Uh, you, but the United States put a hold on that. No, no discussion. No yeah. discussion. Well, put up that first clip because this is um, <coughs> right up in the Daily Beast of an interview uh, given uh, by the deputy head of Ukraine's main intelligence directorate to Die Welt, which is a German magazine. And you can, in the headline here is, Ukrainian spy boss bluntly admits plan to assassinate Putin. Put on the next one, this is Vadim um, Skibitsky, deputy head of Ukraine's main intelligence division, made the admission in an interview. Putin is noticing we're getting closer and closer to him, but he's afraid of being killed by his own people. 
he's quoted as saying. Many people in Russia support this special operation against Ukraine, but thanks to social media and phone crest checks, we know so many Russians have died, it scares people, etc., etc. So he is interested in killing uh, Putin and others we'll talk about later. But you make a really good point in your opening, Dr. Paul, because whether or not the U.S. is behind it, the perception will be there that this is a U.S. operation because we've armed them, we've funded them, we've trained them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So people will ask, well, is this directly at the U.S. direction? Uh, we know Senator Lindsey Graham has said many times that the U.S. needs to assassinate Putin. <laughs> Um, or has the Ukrainian regime gone rogue? Uh, has the whole government said, okay, the U.S. says don't do it, we're going to do it anyway. That's another thing. Or, and a third a possibility, which is interesting, is has part of Zelensky's own government gone rogue against his own wishes, which may be the third possibility. We don't know, but what we do know is this is pretty serious business when you start putting out hit lists of the head of another government. You know, it, it has been noted that uh, Zelensky isn't sitting around the Capitol discussing things with his cabinet. He's traveling around the world, yeah, you know, them. looking for more weaponry and trying to build his image. But he's also, you know, some of the, some people have tried to talk him into it and they were promising, when we'll take care of you. Yeah. you you're going to have all this. You're going to live in a plush place in Switzerland and all these things. And, you know, just the fact that they talk about it means that uh, that's the type of operation that's going on and yet uh, yesterday I believe it was that when we talked about how many how many U Ukrainians are really suffering the consequence of, of this uh, misadvised war that we uh, helped to create yeah and, and you have to wonder is this kind of thing an effort to provoke a reaction from Russia saying that you're going to kill him we'll talk a little bit later about those drones over the Kremlin uh, many other things, it seems like it might be a provo provocation to get Russia to overreact or to throw Russia off of its game, which to this point, as, as we watch, has been to slowly and methodically grind down the Ukrainian war machine. And this could be an attempt to try to get them, put them off their game, make them do something, because there is, you know, there is pressure at home in Russia. People in Russia are angry, not that, he's, not that Putin went in, but that he's not hitting them harder. So that could be uh, another thing. But whatever the case, it feels less like winning and more like desperation. If you're winning a war, you're not talking about assassinating the other president, the other, you know, the dog catcher from the other <laughs> side. You know, it's, it does smack of desperation, not confidence. Yeah, and uh, it, it's probably not going to work because it's so, it's so ill-advised uh, war that's going on. And they're perpetual, which is what we were warning all along. These things last a longer, you know, a year and a half ago when this really got moving. Uh, we were saying, you know, is this going to be, they were saying, oh, a month or two, you know, uh, th this thing will be over. But, uh, you know, just the nature of things, and we mentioned yesterday, and the point I have made was that, you know, if, if it's not an enemy that everybody, ex uh, you know, uh, understands and can see, and if it's not done properly, people aren't going to be unified, uh, you know, uh, for victory or, you know, and knowing what the end point is. And this is just an example of uh, floundering around, not knowing. Uh, sometimes, uh, uh, you, you know, there's an ulterior economic <laughs> motive behind it, and then it explains it. Maybe oil is important, you know, things like that. Uh, it, usually it's more oil than freedom.
Oh, yeah. I'm freedom my for my freedom. But what do they tell the American people? We're protecting our interests and our constitutions and our liberties and peace. And uh, and yet they, they may be there. Uh, our interests uh, usually means uh, you know our physical interests of ownership and control and and control the economy and maintaining a reserve currency. That's that's what that means. And that's not very constitutional. And it's not very it, it's not very American in the traditional sense of what it used to mean uh, to have an American spirit. And you can chalk this up to bluster and desperation and even almost laugh it off, but the fact is that would be a mistake. If you laugh off these threats because they talk about Putin, Prigozhin, the head of the Wagner Group, and several other government officials in Russia are on their hit list. Now they have this hit list that they have, uh, they call it a kill list. And this is interesting because this is from that same interview Put up this next one. This is why I would suggest that we should take this very seriously. Um, ask if propagandists, oligarchs, and civilians would also be considered valid, valid targets. Skibitzi responded, quote, we are at war and these are our enemies. So remember that, Dr. Paul, when I show you the next slide. He was asked if propagandists are also valid to be put on their kill list. And he said, yes, they're our enemies. Look at the next one just as a reminder. This is deadly serious. This is from last July. Tulsi Gabbard, Rand Paul, placed on list of Russian propagandists by Ukraine. He explicitly says we will kill Russian propagandists, and they have Senator Paul, Tulsi Gabbard, and many others on their list. So I think the American people need to understand this is the kind of regime we're supporting that threatens a U.S. senator, that threatens American politicians, leading people in the U.S. And we know they take this list seriously because Daria Dugina, the, the daughter of a Russian philosopher, was on that list and she was assassinated. So this is serious, serious business. And again, we need to think about who the Biden administration is supporting. Well, this chaos and effort to expand empires, uh, it, it's, it's not going to go away. It, they're going to talk about it and they're going to threaten, but until it's finally settled, and unfortunately, it usually gets settled with increasing force, not reducing force. <clears throat> the odds right now of them sitting down, especially with this aggravation that we participate in and, and help start this mess, uh, <clears throat> they're, not, they're not going to be uh, diplomats all of a sudden. Uh, uh, that's why people are preparing you know, for this expansion of the war. I think uh, the, the little bit of talk shows I listen to, there's people expressing you know, fear, you know, that this is going to expand and they talk about nuclear weapons again. And and uh, so that's the direction we're going in. And yet when it would begin, why are we doing this? Why are we over in the South China Sea yeah. looking for a fight there? And why are we, just, you know, trying to get uh, into a battle with China? And then o over here, why did we choose to, you know, aggravate Russia, you know, with all their imperfections? But I say we don't have the moral right or the cost constitutional right. Uh, and, and besides, uh, it, it looks hypocritical because uh, we have some shortcomings and uh, we have supposedly the, uh, the right of uh, freedom of speech and expression where we can discuss these matters. But right now, <laughs> you know, if you take an opposition position, especially, you know, like in a COVID incident, but, but on the war issue too, you know, uh, if, if, you, uh, if you interfere, you already, uh, you know, see the 
these threads that are floating around. It's just horrible. Yeah, it is. And we often talk about this on the show. What if the shoe ran on the other foot? Now, what if Xi Jinping said, you know what, you've sold all of these weapons to Taiwan. We don't like it. And in fact, we are going to put uh, Biden on our hit list. We're going to assassinate Biden. America would freak out. A foreign leader, a foreign government saying that they're going to assassinate a U.S. president. In fact, I went a little bit into the past in my way back machine, and I remember that the war on Iraq was partly justified by George W. Bush's claim that Saddam tried to kill my daddy. Let's put this on because this is from CNN 2002. Just a refresher. The war was partially justified by this. Bush calls Saddam the guy who tried to kill my dad. And here's from the article. In discussing the threat posed by Iraqi President Hussein, Bush said, after all, this is the guy who tried to kill my dad. So the U.S. itself has used this threat against its top leaders as justification to start a major war. So again, if the shoe was on the other foot, how yeah. would we feel? Yeah, that's for darn sure. Yeah. So, and I um, blame it all on the fact that we have uh, become complicit, the American people complicit, in the notion of what is necessary for us to get into a hot war. Uh, and they say, well, no, we're just defending our interests, you know, and we're defending our freedoms. And that, that is nonsense. We drift into these things, and it's been going on for so long. It's going to take an awful lot of effort to switch under the conditions we have today. I, quite frankly, I'm a pessimist both economically and on foreign policy <laughs> that things will get worse. But there's no reason to think that those ideas of peace and prosperity, because we believe in them enough to spend a little energy yeah. trying to promote those ideas that would make the world more peaceful and uh, more prosperous. But uh, there's a lot of special interests. They don't want to hear it. We, uh, those, uh, those individuals that talk like that become the enemy. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and the real leaders of the opposition are people who have no concept of what truth is, and they think lying is the establishment of truth. Yeah. If you're in power, you lie, and you establish truth. But I always thought, that's only for the Soviets, yeah, you know, the yeah. Soviet system. We'd never do that. <laughs> but all of a sudden now, you know, the, the uh, philosophically, you know, that is used generally, you know, that they're willing to cause chaos and say that uh, we establish truth. And, and they have, probably have to do that for, you know, a human reason. Because if they, <clears throat> if they thought they, <clears throat> if they thought if they had responsibility, they'd be miserable people. They'd feel guilty. They'd be, wouldn't know how to treat themselves anymore. And uh, yet they, uh, they continue to do the same thing over and over again. And the motivation varies from one to, one to another. But it's usually power and money. Yeah. Well, the second one we want to talk about is related, and this is kind of a head-scratcher in a way because we know how leaks are used in Washington. Uh, they're used to send messages, and the media is compliant. Uh, if they get a call from one of their contacts in the intelligence community, hey, whisper, whisper, here's what's going on, they're going to print it diligently. And this, so we'll put on this next one. This is from the New York Times. Ukrainians were likely behind Kremlin drone attack, U.S. officials say. So, first of all, be, Beyond what they're actually saying, you have to wonder why. Why is this leak coming out now? Why is it blaming Ukraine? Who's it coming from? Was it directed by Biden or by the political leadership in the intelligence community? Or is there some pushback among the rank and file who are saying, 
we are getting too close to the third rail here. We're getting over the red lines. And so let's spit out a little bit of information about what this Ukrainian regime is up to. Uh, and I don't know the answer, Dr. Ball. I have no idea. But it, um, it is quite interesting that there's this coming out, there's that coming out, there's the other coming out, blaming Ukraine for all of these terrorist attacks, all of these attacks here and there, the Belgorod attack inside of Russia. And I don't know what you think, but I just wonder what's behind all this. Well, I think it's one it's an example of what I just said earlier, that uh, the American people have to listen to this propaganda. And uh, it's Ukraine's fault, you yeah. know, and, and it avoids the discussion of, of, you know, our policies, our money and everything that we're doing and why and why we were there. And, you know, the, I have one comment about the CIA, you know, the CIA is involved in all this. People are starting to recognize that and they're talking about assassinations and who should be killed. But I was thinking while we were saying that, I am too worried about the CIA because the CIA sometimes kill Americans, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. uh, and that, of course, uh, relates back to the 60s when they killed uh, prominent politicians, our president and senators, yeah. because they took a disagreement over foreign policy, yeah. because peace is very dangerous to their uh, their organization, yeah. uh, war, war, and contain war, you know, that's what they want, they want containment, so that we have the war, we have the threat, everybody's supposed to be scared, oh, we don't want a real war, yeah. unless it's necessary. <laughs> Unless it's an accident, but we better be prepared, and that's why we have to have a lot of weapons around, and uh, and, and and also the control of the propaganda. So this this stuff, I don't know know the details of why they do what, but I still see most of this stuff is part of the propaganda machine, you know, to appease the people, and uh, because to to go into whether it's World War II or Korea or Vietnam, there's always always something for the American people to hang on to. But the worse the excuse was to get uh, into the war, uh, the, uh, <coughs> the, the, the inevitability of that being found known, like in the Middle East, it was finally known, you know, what was going on and the lies have been told. And even that war is not really over yet. You know, in, in Iraq, things continue and uh, the empire has to be maintained. That's what we're in the middle of. Yeah, and I do wonder, you know, we, we were very critical, obviously, of the CIA, but I, I still believe that there are decent people in there who are trying to do a good job. And I've read a couple of things. I don't recall exactly where I read it most recently, but that they're having a lot of these analysts are seeing a lot of these things and they're having a difficult time uh, getting it. Yeah. It's not being it's not making it to the leadership level. It's being suppressed. A lot of these assessments. So it does make you wonder about what's going on. And if you don't have good intelligence, you're not you're not going to make good policy decisions. We know this. I mean, we're redoing the Iraq war where they didn't want to hear the truth. They didn't want to hear that Iraq had nothing to do with it. So they just shut that stuff aside. Yeah. And I think what was an expression of what you're saying is that's why people started telling us the truth. Yeah. And <clears throat> then they were being dis, uh, mistreated. So we pass a law. Say, yeah. They have a right to do this and they should never be punished. So what happened? They got more punishment. You know, yeah. this whole thing, we even punish foreigners like Hassan's because yeah. they tell us the truth or an, or an Ed Snowden. He tells the truth and, and look at what they do. They lose, essentially you can lose your country yeah. uh, by, by telling the truth. And uh, that, that, that really is a tragedy as it, far as I'm concerned. It really is. Well, let's do, dig a little bit into this article, this New York Times piece that uh, anti-war thankfully and helpfully uh, summarized for us. 
But so this is another thing that struck me, Dr. Paul. So U.S. officials say the drone attack on the Kremlin earlier this month was likely orchestrated by one of Ukraine's special military or intelligence units. Um, the latest in a series of covert actions against Russian targets that have unnerved the Biden administration. Clearly, it feels like they're getting sucked in, and that may well be the intent. But here's the other thing that struck me, Dr. Paul. U.S. intelligence agencies do not know which unit carried out the attack, and it was unclear whether President Zelensky of Ukraine or his top officials were aware of the operation. <coughs> now, that also raises some questions. Is Zelensky purposely being kept out of the loop from his own government? Are there elements within the Ukrainian government that have gone rogue? I mean, he is the commander in chief. And if he no longer commands the special military operations that his own government is doing, it does make you wonder what is going on in there. Well, I, I think they're all dealing with uh, bad manners uh, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and a lot of evil. So I, I would think that he is unsafe, uh, if, even in his own country, because when I look at uh, what is happening, yeah. yes, the assassinations in our country uh, occurred, uh, uh, you know, directly at people who disagree with the war. But what about the other stuff that goes on? What about our judicial system today? What about, you know, the, the uh, revelation about our CIA? and the FBI. Oh, that couldn't be. That's that's just, that's an unbelievable. People are making a. If it is, it's only two people that did that. Yeah. yeah. But but there is there is a system that goes on where they do undermine the whole establishment. But the empire the empire is deliberate. That's why that's why uh, they have to control the monetary system. They have to control the economic system. They have to control all the military. And, and what really bugs me personally is the taking over the medicine, you yeah. know, the pharmaceuticals. And, and thank goodness that uh, uh, Robert Kennedy's going to get a little bit more uh, attention yeah. for having been right on these issues. And boy, are they, you know, the pharmaceuticals really can't stand him yeah, for okay. telling the truth. Truth is, truth is powerful uh, and it's also dangerous to yeah. the people who express the truth. Exactly, exactly. Well, let's finish up on this one. Um, we can go to the next one. Uh, and I just wanted to point this out, Dr. Paul, that this preliminary U.S. assessment is based on intercepted communications uh, within, uh, with Russian officials and also within the Ukrainian officials. That means, obviously, and this is probably meant to send the message that we are listening to both of you guys. So behave yourselves, <laughs> like you say. Uh, don't be rude. Um, and then the next one, now this is from the same New York Times article, if we can go next really quick. Uh, and this is interesting because this is, a, this is a laundry list of what the Ukrainian government is said to be involved in by the U.S. officials. So U.S. officials say they believe the Ukrainians are also responsible for the assassination of the daughter of a prominent Russian nationalist, that's Darya Dugina, the killing a, of a pro-Russian blogger, and a number of attacks in Russian towns near the border with Ukraine, the most recent of which occurred Monday. So these are classic kind of terrorist attacks. They don't have any strategic value in the war. And again, they smack of desperation uh, or an attempt to put Russia off of, its, uh, off of its game plan. But the other thing that came out this week, and before we move on to our last story, I think, is I just wanted to put this up, Dr. Paul. And this came out from Germany, if we can do this next one. This is from the, the UK Times. Uh, Germany came out and said, hey, we think that Ukraine blew up the pipelines. <laughs> this happened just, uh, just Monday this week. German investigators are skeptical of claims that Russian naval ships sabotage Nord Stream pipelines and are instead 
pursuing leads that point to the Ukraine. So Ukraine is getting blamed for everything right now, all of a sudden. All of a sudden, everything wrong. They did it. Uh, you know, if you run out of milk, the Ukrainians did it. I don't know what that means, but it just seems interesting. Well, my first assessment would be the Ukrainians by themselves didn't have the technology that was required yeah. to do this. But I could I could believe that uh, the leaders in that country knew exactly what was going on. They coordinate information and participated in it and didn't blow whistles. And yeah. so, yes, that's the case. So that uh, and, and then the big deal is who are we going to blame in the public? You yeah. know, what will the American taxpayer think? Will they get to hear about this? Will it be ignored? Or will they realize? Ah, Oh, you know, maybe it was maybe it was our CIA doing such things, and and the FBI. FBI, that's a well, that's a domestic police force. Why are what are they doing all around the world? And the CIA is supposed to be a foreign police force for us. And why are they hound dogging American citizens here at home? Yeah, no kidding. Well, the next one they get put on that next main article. This is something that you noticed, Dr. Paul, and I think you saw it on antiwar.com. But this is very interesting. It just came out. U.S. eyes new military base in Iraq's oil-rich region. Now, your first comment to me was, most people think that we're not in there anymore. Yeah. Now we're going to build a new base? Yeah, we have, it's been pretty quiet. And most people say, yeah, it was too long and spent too money. And they have perceived that that was one of the reasons why uh, George Bush uh, uh, Jr., you know, he lost a, a bit of prestige over this because it ended badly. But then again, uh, and then we read about there there's commerce going on and oil going on and and not much pay attention paid to it. But here we find that uh, in the oil rich region, <laughs> we're very much involved. Yeah. And for some reason, this is again is escalation. And, you know, the people are fearing, you, you know, the antagonism between the forces and nuclear weapons and all. And here here we feel it's necessary to build our second base that has yeah. been maintained in there and like the article said in the oil region <laughs> you know my my first uh, my first comment was you know real early on uh, in, in this century when these wars first started off you know the, there were some left progressives uh, still pretty uh, consistent in what they were arguing and they kept their slogan was and they, they broadcast it pretty well it's all about oil yeah. that slogan and I thought well yeah they're they're left as they have to demagogue and they hate oil because it's free enterprise and that kind of stuff but it turns out just think can you develop some parallels on what was what has been going on is going on in Syria there's always a little place over here where the oil wells are and we pay special attention to it yeah. and, uh, and and end up with control and here this this was the same thing and now we're building a new base there yeah. so I uh, the big thing is you know, why, why did they have to do it right now? Like we said, we, we admitted that we haven't paid a lot of attention to it. Yeah. You know, it's been rather quiet. But all of a sudden, you know, the world is uh, arming itself and uh, on a new base in Iraq. What, what are they suspecting? Maybe they're maybe they're anticipating that uh, uh, Russia will get annoyed with us yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, one of the things that we have noticed, though, is that the U.S. presence in that area is increasingly tenuous. If you think about all the things that have happened in the past six months, Iran and Saudi Arabia are getting along thanks to China's mediation, you know? <laughs> That's different. Uh, the return of Syria to the fold of Arab nations, you know, he went to the Arab League, they're back in, they went to the summit. 
Uh, everyone is shaking hands. So here's the U.S. is the odd man out increasingly because we know how close Iraq and Iran are now that we help put them together. <laughs> um, so I, it just makes it makes me think that this is um, this is a an increasingly <coughs> uncomfortable situation, and the U.S. is increasingly, as I said, the odd man out. And the Iranians are not going to stand for the Americans <coughs> coming in and stealing the oil. They've already talked about. Uh, I have this. If you can put on uh, the next clip, go to Major General Mohammed. Uh, one more after this one. Uh, so this is a chief of staff of Iran's armed forces. He warned that Iran's January 8, 2022 missile attack on the Al-Assad base, which came a few days after the martyrdom of General Qasem Soleimani by the U.S., was just the beginning. So the Iranians are saying, we're going to hit your bases. And the U.S. is saying, okay, we're going to build more bases. Doesn't seem like a too good of an idea. You know, during the Iraq war, uh, you know, Iraq was uh, being maintained by the enemies of Iran. But then the war was over, and you mentioned it, you know, Iraq becomes an ally of Iran. And, uh, and, and, and uh, which, which is, is uh, are we, what are we going to call? Is that a conspiracy or an unintended consequence or some stupidity thing? It's, it's really still uh, vague exactly why they would do it. They should have known what it is. And, uh, and, and, uh, and now it's coming, the policy's coming back to haunt us. So I want to read the paragraph in this, uh, the article that was touching on what you were saying. He said it's noteworthy that Iranian officials have repeatedly underlined that Iran's goal to expel U.S. troops from this region will continue until achieved. Hmm. So that's not going to go away. And the war is not limited to the militarism. It's limited to the Iranians and, uh, you know, a few other countries, Russia and China banning together to really attack a big thing it would be an economic time bomb and that would be to undermine the dollar yeah. as a reserve currency and that's what's happening <laughs> um well i do want to before i close out dr paul i do want to thank our sponsor this month for patriots.com a company that gives you everything you need to survive in challenging situations from food camping equipment to generators you know, generators are very, very useful, especially in the hurricane season down here, but certainly elsewhere in the country. Gas generators do, gas generators do carry the danger of carbon monoxide seeking out, seeping out of them. The PortForPatriots.com people have a new generation of portable, safe, silent, and 100% fume-free generators. That's because they are powered by solar. They're solar powered, they don't put out fumes, they're not loud, they're quiet, they're lightweight. Here's one sitting in front of this guy's refrigerator. They can power your fridge, power your phones in a crisis, medical devices. You can take them with you, you can expand them if you need more power. <coughs> so go to fourpatriots.com and there is a link in the description right now. Use the code RON to get 10% off of your first order on anything in the store at fourpatriots.com and also don't forget with your order of $97 and above you're going to get free shipping so go to fourpatriots.com hit run grab yourself a generator and I'm going to close with one final clip if you can put that last one up because this is Thursday I'll be bugging out for tomorrow but I do want to remind you while you're sitting around wondering what to do well get yourself some tickets for the Ron Paul Institute's Houston conference coming up a week from Saturday. They lie. Nihilism in the war on truth. 
I'll be mentioning a couple of things about corporate censorship. We've got our friend Scott Horton from antiwar.com talking about lying us into the cold, new Cold War with Russia. Jordan Schachtel, a good friend of ours, the Uniparty versus the People, America's new political landscape. From Hawaii, our friend Peter Van Buren will be joining us uh, via, via Zoom talking about the Durham report and how it unmasks the deep state. And then finally, Dr. Paul, you will hit the stage to loud fanfare and give us a great talk on nihilism. So the link is in the description. Get your tickets today and we'll see you in a little over a week. Okay, I'll come. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> it sounds like fun. There'll be friends there. I always feel good there because uh, we get new people all the time. We get young people that come, and that's all very good. But there's a lot of friends that come, and uh, people, every, on occasion, they'll compliment me on a speech I give. And I know they're being very kind and courteous. But uh, I think if I do a good job, it's usually because of the crowd, because they're just anxious to hear, you know, about the subject of peace and prosperity. Prosperity, and I'm delighted to talk about it because that's an alternative to the war and poverty that most of the world has experienced, you know, for a long, long time. And uh, it's ideological. It's, it's as a result of people uh, having an idea that government should take care of the people and the people aren't responsible. The whole thing is that the founders did understand, and that's why they worked hard on trying to give us a document to guide us in that direction. Unfortunately, early on, it started to be eroded certainly in this past hundred years it's been eroded and it continues but that, that effort has been known for a long time peace and prosperity though is very clearly divine, defined and we can uh, you know move in that direction and every day we can if we know we take one small step at least in that direction that's a benefit but that is our goal at, uh, at the Institute is to promote the cause of peace and prosperity it's understandable it's not complex and it happens to be moral it has to be very practical it happens to be constitutional and it happens to be a lot of fun I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report please come back soon <laughs>